0: Yo, what's up Ryuji welcome back to the Two Roddy Vegans Podcast, thank you so much for tuning in, excuse our absence for a couple weeks, so we're sorry about that, but we're back and this week, we bring to you an episode that I'm personally very excited about. Renee is actually very excited about it as well. Um, but it's a conversation that we had, just me and Renee, where we talk about some powerful insights and stories that uh, we've experienced lately. And so I'm very excited to share this with you. This goes to the core of what our movement is about, animal rights, veganism, animal liberation. So I hope you enjoy this episode. But anyway, I'm not going to ramble in the intro here. But let's get going. Two,
1: two. Two rowdy vegans, Two rowdy vegans, Two rowdy vegans, two two, two rowdy vegans, two, two, two rowdy vegans, one plus one equals two rowdy vegans.
0: So <laughs> what's up?
1: Hey, what's welcome. up? Are we recording?
0: Yeah, we're recording right now.
1: Oh so wow. I, back. I was thinking back to that day, um, whenever we wrote that song, you know, the two rowdy vegans.
0: Yeah good times.
1: I know I was thinking back to that and I was like, because I'm doing a lot of reminiscing right now, you know, about things. I mean, I'll just, I'll just get on my floor my kitchen like I was this morning and let the turkey and the dogs and the cats all just surround me on my kitchen floor because I just want to experience what it's really like to just be fully alive in my kitchen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know that's the first time I've ever laid on the floor on my back in my kitchen with all my dogs and cats, <laughs> turkey. I mean, if if we would have had a camera in the corner up here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did before this podcast.
0: Oh, nice. That's amazing. As by the way, that's how like I I I le- I learned this you know, like two and a half years after well actually like more like three years after becoming vegan. Um like how to how to like hang out with animals, especially like small like when I, when I meet like dogs and stuff is very common. I'll be like in the street or like somewhere I'll meet dogs and I'll lie on the floor with them. I do this all the time.
1: I see you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch you do that. <laughs> in, in fact, that do I watch you do that. I love it when you do it. It's so genuine and beautiful.
0: Yeah, and also what I started doing more recently is because I, I realized that when i used to see people with like humans with dogs i would ask the humans whether i can say hi to their dogs and then i realized why am i asking them like because it it, 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 actually but this is a serious point because it perpetuates the idea that the the human owns the dog right they don't own the dog the dog is his or her own person so i'm like if i want to say hi to the dog then I just have to approach the dog. Like it, it doesn't matter what the human says. I
1: well, would oh, just put out a post today about Celia. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I put out another post about Celia uh-huh. on, um, Oh, guess what? We just got a hundred thought, $130 donation. Somebody just bought two round bells.
0: Oh, great. Awesome. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Whoever you are out there supporting our Hey Drive. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, here's Celie and I said, um, you know, I want to do a poll out there. So I'd like to do a poll out there because, you know, we're trained and taught that, you know, turkeys are not to be house animals. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have house turkeys. I was telling somebody at a meeting last night, you know, I was showing them pictures of Celie on my, on my bedroom, in my bedroom, on the mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. I was showing them pictures of Celie on my kitchen counter. hmm and his mouth dropped open. He said, my wife would go ballistic. <laughs> I said, why? He said, she would never let a turkey in the house. And I'm like. Why? I, I said, I, I know. And I looked at him. This was somebody I really respect and care about, you know. Uh-huh. In fact, he has a donkey sanctuary. Okay. And I, and, and, but see, this just goes to show you that even people that not only love animals, but also love and rescue horses and donkeys. Also see a turkey because we're so ingrained to believe that a turkey is a roast or a burger or a sandwich. I mean, I remember when I stopped buying hamburger meat made from cow flesh and started buying turkey meat. I mean, I remember I thought I was doing something so flicking awesome. Yeah. I really felt that. I mean, yeah, I'm buying turkey burger, Mm -hmm. you know, and And here Celia is, you know, in my living room. She's not a burger, but yet we've been so indoctrinated that we really believe it. I mean, he was so shocked. And I said, you know, there's no reason why a turkey can't be, you know, a family member. She belongs. This is what I realized. All animals, we all, whether you're a person, whether you're a Ant, whether you're an animal like a sea, like Sealy, we're all animals. We all deserve a home. It may not be. I mean, my house may not be the kind of house that an elephant can live in, mm-hmm. every elephant needs a home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every elephant, every cow, every pig, every chicken needs a place that they can call home. And humans have confined them and trained them and bullied them and forced them into craziness, pure insanity. These animals can't even begin to be who they are because of what humans have enforced upon them through confinement and torture. And see, what we've done, because our consciousness is so ingrained in doing this to seven billion approximately land animals in the world, our consciousness has become corrupt Our world consciousness needs a brainwashing. Seriously. And going vegan is the only way, Ryuji.
0: Yeah, 100%. It reminds me of when you said, you know, how how we're so conditioned to see certain animals a certain certain way. I, uh, last night I was at a cafe having dinner. And after that, uh, I was was walking off and I saw these two dogs (laughs) at a table. So I went up to the two dogs. I said hi to the two dogs. And like twenty seconds after I was, I was like saying hi to the dogs. I was like, maybe maybe I should like address the humans now. So I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And we started talking to the humans. And this is this is one thing I've been doing more more recently too, which is I've been really pushing myself to in every single situation that I'm in. I always try to speak up for the animals because I realize that. I mean, like when we we say things like, oh, you know, like they're, they don't have a voice and we have to be their voice. It's like, it's true. Like animals are not going to free themselves. We got to talk about it. So I'm always talking about it. Like, like all the time, like the other day, like I was in the and and I want to push people to do this more because I realized I'm like, there's no bad time to speak up for the animals. Oh, I've been following
1: your content. I've been following your content. And I have to say that over the last three months, I've just watched peace by vegan explode into this. Uh, and I'm not saying this to, you know, I'm not saying this because I love you, you know, and think, and think and respect you. I'm saying, I'm saying this because I'm just watching this Lotus flower, man, you're evolving into this. Wow. You know, and I just, uh, yeah, I think that's why people like hearing from you and me. Mm hmm because uh your perspective as you know the in the youth culture yeah you know and uh, and all in 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 my perspective in cattle ranching culture and you know kind of being all zen and shit yep (laughs) 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 you put that together people were like no way
0: Yeah, yeah yeah and yeah you know um yeah no i was i was just gonna say like the other day thank you so much by the way the other day i was um like, for example, I, I live streams an outreach conversation I had with my Uber driver and I realized I was like in, in that, in that ride in the beginning, I was like, man, I'm, I'm a little bit tired. I don't really want to, I don't really want to talk right now. And then I was like, wait a second, I owe it to the animals to speak up for them right now. So I, so I made it happen. And, and, and by the way, also like one just quick interlude, like, I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on this podcast, but one thing that's really helped me in my day-to-day life when I have outreach conversations with people that maybe in the plane or like on an Uber or like some, some random life situation like that, what's really helped me is before I even do outreach with them, I spend a lot of time building rapport with them. So I'll get to know them and I'll ask them a lot of questions about themselves. And like that Uber ride was about an hour and the first half hour was, I was, I just asked him about like the driver about his life and what he does and what he likes. And I learned so many, so many things about him. I learned about, you know, how long he's been driving Uber, why he does it, what he likes about it, his other hobbies. I learned about how he likes to cook, how he likes to surf, why he likes to cook. Like, I mean, like I learned a lot of I things love
1: about that him.
0: so that then when I talk about animals and animal rights, then there, there's a, we already have a relationship there, but anyways, what I was going to say is that, to come back to the story I was telling, like, 10 minutes ago, <laughs> like, when I was at the cafe last night, and I was talking to the, to the humans with the dogs, it was, it was the same thing, right, so I, I got to know them, I was like, oh, you know, what are, what are their names, um, like, how did you meet them, I can't, I can't remember, but I talked to them, and then, um, I basically, you know, I asked them about, um, like, what they think about other animals, or something, something like that, and what I found is that, this person, the one who's taking care of the dogs follows Esther, the wonder pig. Oh,
1: and she's wow. been
0: following Esther, the wonder pig for two, for two years. I was like, how long have you been following Esther? the wonder-? She's like, Oh, about two years. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Like, did you stop eating pigs after, after following following her? And she was like, Oh no. And she, she still like, she follows Esther, the wonder pig. She loves this pig. And, She's bacon she's yeah, she still eats bacon. she did because, say
1: because the correlation is yeah. so divided, yeah there's no way that she could possibly think that she'd be eating esther
0: yep, and she and she said exactly what you talked about earlier. she said, um you know, as people tell vegans all the time <laughs> that they're cutting down on their meat consumption. <laughs> hear this all the time right. um she said she said, oh, but it's like I mostly eat chickens and fish." As if, just now you said like with a turkey thing, as if she's doing something so great. Yeah. It's, always, it's always chicken and fish. And especially the fish and seafood. This drives me insane because the sea animals are the ones that have it worse out of anyone.
1: Ugh. They have it, it the worst. So, it's so freaking shielded from us. I mean, the people, the lady that's going to be building our house, mm-hmm. beautiful lady. I love this lady, but she fishes twice a week and she loves what we're doing and she loves what we're doing and she fishes twice a week and I, and I said to her you know I'm, I was getting to know her and stuff and she and I said to her I said so do you do you think fish feel like in their mouth do you have any idea yeah. of those of the receptors she said oh I don't think they feel I don't think they feel it at all and I said they do I said in fact I'm going to send you some research that will show you that they even feel more than you think way, yeah. way more there that's one of their their biggest pain receptors is in their mouth, you know? Yet we're taught and conditioned, really taught to believe that a fish doesn't feel when it's being yanked in the mouth by, you know, three-pronged hooks, jerked up, reeled in, you know, dangled, and we're taught that that doesn't hurt? I mean, the, the very idea that this... This very smart woman has been with this builder for five years. Builds houses could say that is proof that the normalized violence in our culture is so normalized Mm -hmm. that we, the human species has become a violent force on our planet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're taught, we're taught that beyond just the fact that we're taught it, we're taught it in a way where, we even ignore what we perceive like when, you know, like th- there's tons of research on how fish feel, but also when you're fishing, I, cause I remember when I was a kid, I went fishing a couple of times. I hate, I always actually hated it, but you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be, or not a rocket. You don't have to be an animal scientist or a vet to see that the fish are suffering when you're fishing i know it's like you can you can just you can you can see it or you can see that they're suffocating i mean this it's not complicated stuff and oh
1: they go like this
0: and people
1: and, bug out.
0: and people have literally and and, and and you know and it's crazy because i i see i've seen it both ways right for me i i actually always saw it which is why i hated it and i and the, this this is where the conditioning goes so deep because it's like there's some people i guess like that that woman who just wouldn't even acknowledge that or would like would somehow find a way to believe what society has taught her despite what her eyes are seeing I guess there's that and then there is you can see it but then not do anything about it I remember when I when I experienced this when I I went fishing and I hated it or when I saw people kill fish in front of me which are the the first animals I've ever seen being killed in front of me I hated it but I still ate them, like I ate fit I ate fish that I saw being killed right in front of me, even though I hated seeing what I saw wow. and I, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that I could do anything wow. about it and
1: um, Wow, and, exactly yeah. that deep that's so well articulated because that's that is our culture, and that is the reason why uh, getting families choosing compassion into schools is uh, you know one of my very next most important. Focuses because, you know, our our youth is taught this normalized violence through raising you know animals in schools like these beautiful lambs uh, that you know is, are are so are so sweet, beautiful, cuddly. They these beautiful pigs, uh, mm-hmm. calves, all these wonderful, sweet, docile animals are being raised by children and the violence is so normalized that they take pictures, they they get ribbons, they stroke their animal and cry before the animal walks off down the trail of tears to the cell barn truck, you know, to be slaughtered and auctioned off, you know, and these and and so our world view is so skewed by these programs that if we have to get families choosing compassion in the programs. I mean, I see people like Zoe and others in uh, Direct Action Everywhere in the SAVE movement, really trying to make a difference with these animals. And, and, it's, and it's so beautiful that we have brought the, um, I mean, I really believe this because I've been part of it, you know, uh, as some of the DXE actions and SAVE and others, but to see these people come from all over and witness these animals going to slaughter, mm-hmm. uh, saving them from the grips of slaughter, putting this this uh, reality in the faces of humanity is so important. Now people are rebelling, and it's kind of going to some extremes in some, some ways. But you know what? Extreme is necessary. Yep. See, this is the thing that, that a lot of people my age, you know, and and come that come from where I come from, they don't they don't understand that that the extremism is necessary there because our culture, our age, our group is. Fighting to maintain the status quo, and that status quo is killing everybody. Yeah, you know, when we got to let it go. You know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and uh, yeah. One thing you said earlier about the the kids in schools who, who raise animals to to sell them off it that what they do, and I'm, and I'm sure, I, and I know you've seen this. It goes so much against their nature. and and it's crazy. I've seen like, and I, I, I always, I always noticed this. I always noticed how kids react to dogs when they see dogs like in parks and and things like that. And they always, they love the dogs so much. Like they will, (laughs) I I was, I was going to say like, I was going to say like the, the, React to them stronger than me, but I don't. I don't think so. So never mind. I take a but um, no, no, no. But like on a on a serious note, right? They they see dogs. They're like, oh my god, doggy. Like, oh my god, like I love you. They're they're, they're always they're always like that, even in some and sometimes, Sometimes their parents will, will try to pull them away. Like we have a home, like at, a, at, Ray, at Rain's parents' home, there's a dog called Zena, and a, a walker sometimes. And then like kids will try to come up to her and she's like a little bit of a bigger dog. And then their parents will be like, oh no, like don't say that because they'll be scared or something. I'm like, what? But anyways, um, but you'll, you'll see that. And also if you've, I don't know if you've ever seen this, like if you've ever seen videos of parents um, or, or just adults trying to show their children how animals are killed and their children just refuse to see it happen
1: oh it's oh god and,
0: and those children and those children i've seen it will defend those animals more powerfully and with with more passion than then or or like with as much passion as animal rights activists would
1: exactly they they
0: wouldn't they'll they'll be they'll get in the way they'll stand they'll stand in front of the end they'll be like no they'll cry they'll take the knives it
1: reminds me of that one with the kid and the goat in some country with his father did you see that one with this i saw one
0: i saw one with chickens just a couple days ago like this father trying to show his kids how how a chicken is slaughtered like a halal slaughter And his kids are crying. They're like, no, you can't do this. They get in front of the chicken. Oh, I saw
1: that one too. Yes. And this one, I don't know where this one is, but it's this little kid. And it's like in a very, very um, poor area. They're all barefooted. And they're taking this goat off to slaughter. And this this little kid about four years old is hanging on to the goat, screaming up to the dad. No, no. I mean, the the dad's got the knife in his hand. You know, and take and this kid is just I mean with everything in him, screaming, yeah yeah you know, tears, and he gets the goat, and the goat runs off with him, and the, the video clip ends with the, the boy winning. I hope the boy won, yeah, uh, you know, because this struggle is real, and the the fact that it, it the fact that our our consciousness as children got so dumbed down. To the the point to where we actually believe that eating animals is righteous Mm -hmm. is a real testament to the fact that we've got to rebel. We've got to go extreme. See, I'm not saying this because I'm a radical, although people think I am. See, I don't label myself. I don't consider myself a left or a right, a Democrat or Republican. No one can label my consciousness. Because once we label consciousness, then we separate. And we are one. We are created. If you look from way afar, you can see there's one planet that each one of us shares. And we have got to get back to a place where we do. Now, I know this sounds radical, but I, I really believe this. See, the thing is, I really know this. is not. In, not only do I believe it. I know it's true. It's true. We cannot rule by law. If we're ruled by law, by some imposed authority, and this is what's happened. I mean, yeah, we have to follow the laws, right? I mean, I've always rebelled. It's not because I'm a rebel and I want to defy authority, although I also do, but it's not that. It's that I don't need to be governed to do what's right. Nobody needs to tell me, What's right, or what's wrong? That's already here, and when we are taught through dogma, politics, education, you know, uh family tradition, when we're taught all of these beliefs, we become so rock hard, solid that we we, we can't feel who we really are anymore. We really don't. yeah, we got to break through that It's a breakthrough
0: yeah. and i don't, I don't even think. I don't even think it's necessarily that radical because when you think about it, there are, there are units of like smaller units of people who are not governed by law. Like say, for example, if, if you, if you look at your friend group or your family and how you live together in a, in a community, those small community, or even like you, you can, you can look at bigger communities too, but I've been a part of communities that like we are like we are not governed like our society is governed by law but the way that we live within the smaller pockets of society are not or like we're not governed by law and and the reason is that when we see when we act when we truly see each other for who we are and we love each other etc cetera, etc cetera, then yeah like there, there's 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 no need to there's no need to be governed by law right i mean like i like i mean i that I actually I, I used to I used to think about this a lot cuz I was like man it would be so awesome if the whole like all humans were like enlightened and then like I know be to, like beyond law and, like like I I I think I think I think it would be awesome as well but um <laughs> yeah and 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 it really go, it really goes back to you know when you said when, when you say things like we we are we are one um like I I believe this probably like in a, in a, maybe in a different way that that you do but I I still I really understand that because even though I don't consider myself spiritual, I still think I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm actually like more spiritual than the average person, even though I don't consider myself like super spiritual or whatever. I'm way more practical than that. But when you, when you look, even, even thinking back to like what we were talking about earlier, how the children, how they defend those animals, those children defend those animals like they're their family.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because they
0: are. Exactly. Because, because they are. And it's so crazy to think where that is where we start out. That's, that's how, that's how they are by nature. And if you look at how, you know, that, that situation say where the parents are trying to kill an animal in front of the child, when that parent was a child, they would have defended an animal the same way that their kids are, are defending that animal, but as we talked about earlier, they get so conditioned that by the time they're adults, not only. Are they not able to see that that animal doesn't want to die and they've stopped seeing the animal as their family. They cannot even hear the cries of their own children.
1: No, exactly. They can't
0: no, even, they, they don't hear it. It's like they hear their children crying out and getting more well, emotional than maybe it's the
1: because, because they, they are taught it's part of the process. Yeah. See, That's the whole point is that we're taught that part of the process is you gotta, you know, just destroy your kids, you know, feelings about, you know, these animals if you're going to live in this society and be, you know, considered normal, you know, you got to, this is part of it. You got to destroy their soul right here. It can't, it can't exist if you're going to live in this society, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just stunned, you know, really at, at where we, where we've gotten with society and how we've gotten here. And, you know, it's, that's what's so interesting, you know, because I am such a spiritual girl. I, it's so interesting talking to you and others too. <clears throat> I mean, in my day, I'm 61, but in my day, you know, people would have considered me, you know, very, um, even beyond hippie, you know, I mean, beyond, beyond the term hippie. I mean, I was that metaphysical girl, always wanting to know, you know, what time you were born, not just your sign but I wanted to know what time you were born, you know, because we had to know, and we do have to know your moon sign, your rising sign, where Mercury is, where, I mean, I, my mind was always wrapped around the universe and how it's being portrayed down here. Because I really do believe as above, so below. See, I do really believe, and I know, not only do I believe it, I know it's true. It's not a belief, see. Nobody taught me this. This is something that when I finally withdrew from society, and I have withdrawn from society, I live here, but I ain't here. Uh, you know, when I finally, when I finally saw this, I realized that we are really one. You know, there's, there's no way that I can be defined by, by a government, by a society, by a people. And you know, and I you know, and I don't even know where that fuck I was going (laughs) I was going somewhere though
0: yeah no I was actually thinking this whole not this whole time but I thought earlier
1: where was I going Ryuji
0: I I have who are we I don't even
1: know who we are anymore
0: (laughs) that's that's a good quote who are I I don't even know
1: (laughs) who are we (laughs)
0: I think we're like the, we think we're like we're the Ree- two.
1: We think we're Renee. We're rowdy girl. Who are we?
0: Like we're the two, the two something. Like we had a name we're or the something.
1: Two rowdy vegans. I mean, get <laughs> this, get this. You know, you and I have created this thing called the two rowdy vegans, and it's really all about definition labels, right? You know, what we think about, we bring about. We really do. If we want to think about the two rowdy vegans, and you know, and, and bring out. Whatever that is, that's what I think that we're doing here. I mean, because uh, you don't make this shit up, you know, having these conversations. You just don't make it up. As above, so below. That's where I'm going, see? Mm. As above. So I really do believe that the ethers, the stars, the space, uh, everything that is law, that is practical, that is, that is truly the foundation and the architecture of our world is in space. That's the, you know, because when we, if we're gonna draw a magnificent building or even a small structure, if we want it to be real sound, we first conceptualize it. And we know where the points go, we know where point A to point B, we know how to make it structurally sound. All that is done with math, right? Which is very practical. Uh, And so that's what the universe is, the stars, the position, the gravitational pull they have on each other in regards to the planet and the solar system. So all of these, all of these planetary vibes, if you will, of vibrations, frequencies, all interrelate to each other. And each planet has a specific personality, just like Ryuji does. Each planet has a particular purpose. And when you understand the purpose of Pluto, the destiny of Neptune, you know, you understand that these, there's some things constant in the universe and that's the planets. But when you connect it with all the dots and then you filter that through the lives of every human or every animal or whatever that's born on this planet, then you kind of get to understand that as above, so below. Because we're a fixture of the math in the heavens. I mean, we're the, we're the, the equation equals us. And so something's happening up there, down here. I mean, there's a, there's a, there is a real war. But I don't see it as a war like between the red and the blue, or the Democrats and the Republicans, or the Sunnis and the Shiites, or whatever they are. I I don't, you know, I don't see it as a war like that. It's being, it's being portrayed here. It equals that but what's really going on is a war in the consciousness, a war in the subtle places inside of all of us. That is, that is who we really are. We are vast. Our consciousness expands the globe. We are all interconnected to this entire web. We call it a worldwide web. You know, that's the reason we're on here. What, but it's beyond that. Our, we really are able to connect further than we think we can. Cause I've, You know how I know that? Because I've been there. You know, as a 24, 25-year-old taking uh, classes, uh, you know, about, you know, some kind of enlightenment class. I went for two years. And all I did was meditate and travel the grid of the universe. That's what we did, you know. Three hours a week, I went and meditated on all this, something about the brotherhood, you know. Uh, But I was real drawn to this and it was all about meditating into the grid of cosmos. And as the further you go, the more you realize that we are programmed with a very fine essence and we've we've really messed it up down here. So it is a war. You know, and maybe we're going to blow the fuck up. Yeah, so I'm just going to say this as I, as I exit out and say goodbye and get you on your way. I'm just going to say, um, you know, it's been, um, what is it, August the 4th?
0: Today or the 3rd?
1: 3rd? August the 3rd?
0: Already. <laughs> it's like July 31st, like yesterday or so. I don't know what happened.
1: Well, it's since May, me and my husband have been doing this. Ju- May, June, July, four months, I have been... You talk about not knowing what ends up. It's so interesting living in this space, you know. You know, I don't have to listen to the news anymore. I'm, you know, last night I'm listening to uh, 70s rock and roll and dancing in the kitchen. You know, that's what I like to do. Could you imagine Tommy being here in the living room wanting to watch? The- <laughs> I'm in here in the kitchen dancing to 70s music and cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> that's what I like to do. So, you know, me and Tommy really need a big house, and we're getting ready to go into a small, their house, 1300 square feet, built in the 30s. I'm getting ready to go on an adventure, Ryuji. Amazing. I mean, I've been on an adventure, but come on, the powers that be are just slam dunking me across, you know, Texas into a situation where I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to go, What? Yeah, so that's where we're going. So follow this journey. I've got to figure out how to have a camera around, huh, Ryuji. Yeah. You don't make this stuff up what's going on.
0: Yeah. And it's always, every time there's always, like, just things going on. There's always, like...
1: Oh. And I'm dealing with this lady online right now. She's got a pig named Wally. i got to tell Wally's story right quick. She's a pot belly. She's been with her family since he was a baby. This woman contacted me you know right before the flood and about this pig and her her son that's got some sort of life threatening disease and she's afraid the pig is going to infect the child and kill the child yeah she was told by her doctor that she needed to get rid of the pig because she had a son that had this disease now and she was uh, he was concerned that the pig would infect the child and make the kid die and so i'm I, I, when I talked to this woman a few months ago, I said, well, I said, well, look, this is, you know, the situation right now, this was before the flood, you know, I'd have to talk to my husband and blah, 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 blah. But you know, if you can keep the pig, uh, Wally, that's what you need to do because Wally's going to be better with you than anybody else. He's become a part of your family. He is your family. Your son loves him. And so you need to figure out how to make Wally a, a part of your family, keep him in your family. Like you are keeping your son in your family. So this woman, and I, and I'm telling you this because, so she kind of got all teary eyed and cried and said, okay, she keep trying. Well, then the flood happened and she, you know, and so she contacted me and said she was really sorry, but, but I did tell her, I said, if, 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 if months pass and you can't find a home for Wally, call me back. If, if you're not able to keep Wally and there's no other way, just call me back. I Always keep the door open, but I really try to coach people, keep your pig keep your animal. They belong with you. We've learned, we've we've been trained in our society that if something happens in our life, we can just dump our, our, our friends, you know, dogs and cats included, you know? And so, you know, anyway, she she contacts me again yesterday. She, right after the flood, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry about the flood. I hope y'all get better. You know, Wally, you know, I'm still having troubles with Wally. Well, I get an email from her, four or five yesterday, guilt tripping me and telling me that if we don't take Wally, she's going to euthanize him. And uh, she can't do it anymore. She's so concerned, concerned about her son. And she sent me like three emails and I won't even read them because I feel so attacked by this woman trying to force me with guilt, with her, with her, her shame, her guilt. She's trying to project that onto me as if I need to save her from her own suffering she that she can just dump this family member onto Rowdy girl sanctuary in the midst of everything we're going through see and see this is the kind of this is the kind of tension that people out there need to know about that sanctuary founders, people that uh, are are have a high profile animals animals get dumped every single second, and sanctuaries are inundated with calls and and messages like this you know. I can't save all these animals, but I can tell you that Wally out there is suffering and she has, and he has a family member that is willing to euthanize him right now because he's not fitting into their family anymore. Is that right? Is it right for them to dump these animals that they don't see as family members anymore onto sanctuaries that, you know, have limited resources that are constantly trying to figure out what to do? Sanctuaries that are, I mean, we're, we're in distress. I mean, I'm not even moved there yet. See, Lee's still here. You know, we, we barely got, you know, we don't have the, the resources. We, we got to know when to say, you know, I hear you. I'm going to tell Wally's story and I'm going to talk about a lady that has a son with an illness. I'm going to talk about this story. Wally, this story will live on, but Wally will be gone. Is that the story you want to leave? Is that your legacy? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that to this woman today. She can't dump that onto me. See, she she's trying to dump her shame onto me right now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think this it's I mean, we've we've been trained in society to basically not take responsibility for things. Like and and I know because I, I used I used to be like that too. And I've heard so many stories like that from, from you, from other people who own sanctuaries or even just from animal rights activists where it's like, yeah, like the, it all, it all comes back to the same thing. Like what you were saying earlier about how we don't even see these animals as our family members. Like they're the first ones that we abandoned. Like, it's like, it's, it's so, it's so crazy. I think people, people take it like way more lightly than, you know, like, but, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's been really cool catching up. I think we need to do this uh, every week, probably every, well, why don't we try every Saturday at 8am?
0: That'd be great. Actually, you know, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm super happy with how this episode turned out.
1: Me too. I liked
0: it a lot. So I'm pumped.
1: Yeah, me too. It really opens my mind and my heart, you know?
0: Yeah. And I hope, uh, for you listening, you enjoyed this as well. Um, please find a way to let us know. <laughs> I think I've said this a few times. It's like, I don't, there's no comment section on this podcast thing. Like, I don't know how to get your feedback. So, just... well, you
1: know, I want to say this too, you know, because those of you out there that are listening and have expressed your your um, your comments about how much you love the Two Rowdy Vegans podcast. I just want to say, you know, we're so grateful to you. Really? And uh, the Two Rowdy Vegans has been uh, a real joy to be a part of and and, and we're going to keep doing it. But we're 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 transitioning. We're evolving into uh, you know kind of our own you know our own thing because Ryuji is going to be going back to France soon, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's going back to France soon, and uh, you know he'll be back in the states. But uh, his visa is up, correct? Your visa, your... Tell, yeah, me, tell, tell everybody what's going on while you're what's happening and how Two Roddy Vegans is going to be. Going into a new phase and I'll be talking to you in a different time zone and
0: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people I guess don't know this. I don't know how you would know this, but I, I don't really it's irrelevant. Yeah. But I'm basically um I'm I'm not a US citizen. I'm in the I'm in the States right now, but I'm not a US citizen. So I'm actually here on a student visa. And um I graduated college about a year ago. And then since then I've been doing what's called an OPT, which is basically like a work experience thing that you can do for a year. Um that's why that that's not that's not why, but as part of that, like my Occupation has been working with Rowdy Girl for my OBT, but anyways, that whole thing is gonna to come to an end soon, and um, yeah, it's kind of like you know gotta figure out the next step, so to speak. so it's gonna be uh yeah I, I haven't that's what fully, we're doing yeah, I haven't fully figured it out yet, but yeah it's, it's, it's what we're doing now, and so um yeah, you know, I realized we realized with the with the two rowdy vegans that we should figure out you know, like what, what we're gonna, what we're gonna do with this. And, uh, so we were like, you know, why don't we just like meet up and, and kind of chat about things. And I think that it turned out really well. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah pretty much it. It's gonna
1: be fun. Yeah. Maybe conversations like this every Saturday will help us both, uh, start our week with a different perspective, you know?
0: Yeah. things to think about. So yeah. yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank,
0: thank you so Bye. much. For listening to our podcast, we appreciate it so very much. Have an incredible rest of your day, and rest of your week, and rest of your life.
1: Cause we're two, two, two round vegans. Two, two, two round vegans. 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 Two, two, two round vegans. Two, two, two
0: round vegans.
1: One plus one equals two, two round vegans. vegans. Woo!